Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. You're about to listen to a new Redefining Technology podcast. Standing on two feet, having dexterous hands, developing a language that allows us to communicate, and the ability to understand abstract concepts. These are all part of the equation of humanity. Still, it is the capacity to create tools and advance the technology that has allowed us to thrive on this planet and maybe on others. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Devo unlocks the full value of machine data for the world's most instrumented enterprises. The Devo Data Analytics Platform addresses the explosion in volume of machine data and the crushing demands of algorithms and automation. Learn more at Devo.com. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at CrowdSec.net. Marco. Sean. You know, it, it's uh, it, it's the time to buy stuff. Oh yeah, gizmos, like gadgets, all, all the all the blinking, flashing light things, and uh, I'm sure they're. I think everything these days has technology. The toys, music, is everything has artificial intelligence. That's, That's the last thing I heard. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my my point is, it seems you can't get away. Not I don't want to get away from it. But technology is everywhere, and we've yet to see all the cool things that are heading our way as, as, uh, as humans. And uh, there, there's a place that does a great job of pulling all the latest innovations and all the latest entrepreneurs and the latest bits and bytes and gadgets uh, coming to market soon. Some, some in market, some coming to market from all around the world. And that's CES in Las Vegas, an annual event. And I'm thrilled to have Brian Mark Walter on. Brian, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. And you're the uh, the SVP of Research and Standards at uh, Consumer Technology Association, which I believe uh, is the, the the organizer of the event. We'll probably touch on that a little bit, but perhaps a few words about uh, about who Brian is, your role with CTA and CES, and uh, we'll go from there. Sure. Yeah. Thanks again for for having me. Uh, yes, you are correct. I work for CTA, Consumer Technology Association, and we own and produce CES. I think many probably many people know us because of CES more so than the trade association itself, And unless you're in the industry, you know what we do there. So um, I've had the privilege of working for CTA for many years now, more than 20. And uh, I do, I kind of run two groups. I, I have uh, Fun, a fun job. I get to do our market research. So one of the things that CTA does is handle all our uh, data and forecasting, business intelligence, uh, consumer research for the on, on behalf of the industry. So I oversee that part. 
And I'm an engineer by background, and I run our technology and standards group. So for those who are familiar with things like IEEE 802.11, or maybe uh, what they probably might know that comes from us is a standard that underlies HDMI comes from CTA. So engineers in the background work on figuring out all these interoperability things and, and uh, write them down, and that's part of what we do. Well, I'm going to stop Sean before he goes I'm, into I'm already the... going there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to let you go after that. But what I would like to do is to, you know, you, you presented Sean very, very well, the CES, and I'm sure a lot of people know what it is. But also, I think a lot of people use and look forward for all the things that are presented there, but maybe they don't know exactly what CES is. So... Brian, a little introduction, you know, how long has this uh, event been going on and, uh, you know, how it's evolved through the year to arrive to 2023? Yes. Uh, yeah, actually it has a long history back to the um, late 60s. We've been, you know, and the show was uh, in two locations for a while, but uh, for many, many years now, it's been in January in Las Vegas, and I think that's what people um, really now know because it's been you know a couple of decades that it's been there um, and so it ended up there in January because that fit the industry's schedule uh, it's been you know I think fortuitous because everybody's ready to come to Vegas and uh, sort of lay out the technology calendar for the year if you will I mean it just turns out that the timing's right we're a little bit past the crazy holiday season. So, of course, you know, the consumer electronics industry, like others, holiday selling season is busy. And then we jump back in in January and set the stage for all the technology introductions of the coming year in Las Vegas. So it's a big industry. It is a trade event. It is an industry event. It's not a consumer show. But, um, you know, basically, it, every the things you guys were talking about at the beginning – Technology is so pervasive, the, the term that we started using and actually others use is that uh, every company is a tech company now. That's why we see such a huge variety of companies at CES, including ones you wouldn't expect, which is part of what makes it fun. And it's almost like you, you can't have a product that doesn't have tech in it. So to your point, every, every company is a tech company. So speaking of that message, uh, What's the what's the message or the theme for this year's show, and and how did you how did you arrive at that theme? Yeah. So the the industry, you know, we get asked that a lot, and there's, you know, it's it's kind of too too big, so to speak, to have one theme. But you know, there's definitely certain things that show up. For sure, there's a lot of momentum in the industry right now, momentum in the in the show. So, um, you know, we missed we have one digital version of CES in 2021. We were back at the beginning of this year. So January 22, we came back. We've had phenomenal growth. It's it's clear everybody is ready to get together and be in person because there's, there's some experiences that you just, you know, you need to be there for. Um, so we are, we are uh, at about 2.1 million, a little over 2.1 million net square feet of exhibit space. Uh, 2,800 exhibitors, uh, and we're aiming for and on track for about 100,000 
attendees. So we, we expect it to be a really uh, robust show. And you're, I'm sure you're starting to see a little bit of news about it already. And then as you noted, a lot of companies kind of uh, keep their powder dry and then you'll see a flurry of announcements as we hit the the press days right before the show opens. Yeah, definitely we have seen the action, not just because we are in the industry, so we get all the pitch and we kind of like have to say, oh, look what's coming up. And it's kind of like a pre-Christmas, you know, opening the <laughs> gift way yeah. before. That's but right, uh, yeah. one thing that Sean and I did on our own conversation to kick off kick off the coverage, we, we were going through all the topics and we were like, oh, wow, there is this as well. They're, oh, look, there is uh, food technology. There is... Uh, Web3 and Metaverse, of course. There is a lot of things like smart cities that people expect, but there is also like marketing and advertising, which is kind of like what you said. Every company at this point is a technology company. So uh, the big question for me is how do you guys organize all of <laughs> these, you know, that, that there is this synergy then that comes together. What does the secret sauce there? Yeah. So, yeah, the C-Space, you covered a lot there. Um, there's a couple of different aspects of it. One's for attendees, maybe some advice for attendees, but other how we organize it. So the show is spread over multiple venues. We, we have some great resources. Maybe I should start with this. So uh, on the web, on our website, which is maybe where you did some of your research, ces.tech, uh, there's some great resources because there's uh, – there's hundreds of conference speakers. There's really deep content that people can can get to at our conferences. And then there's the physical venues where exhibits and meeting spaces are. Uh, so we use the LVCC, the convention center itself. We use the Venetian, uh, and we use uh, ARI and the space for what you, you noted about the advertising world. Uh, we call that area, uh, we call it C-Space. And so it's got a, kind of its own clientele and is a, a little bit separated. Um, and perhaps it's worth a little story about that. One thing we learned over the years as the, as the show progressed, we knew, you know, more than 100,000 people come to the show, and we know it's all kinds of people. Um, and we knew a lot of, we, we know a lot of meetings take place. So one of the efficiencies is that people are hosting dozens of meetings while they're there. Um, we were aware that the advertising and kind of CMOs of the world, that side of the business, which you, I guess, we would not necessarily think of as kind of core CES business, were in attendance. And, um, you know, kind of word got back, well, we were all running around trying to meet each other. And so the, the best thing for us to do, the best service we could provide was, let's give a venue a place for them to kind of come together. And so that's how, that's how C-Space was born. A um, little, little different, but very neat. So if you're in that part of the world, that's that's where you want to be. You know what I'm excited for, Brian? Is I'm excited for the drone to drop a yacht into Lake Mead out there to, <laughs> uh, to offload my autonomous vehicle that uh, inside is has my robot. So, All right. Uh, so I'm you'll, excited to see that happen. You're, you're going to make that happen for me, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll see, yeah. Well, oddly enough, you'll probably see all those parts, just maybe not Lake Mead. But, uh, we'll, we'll have uh, EV tolls, the electric vertical takeoff and landing uh, aircraft will be there, and robots and everything. Uh, but in the metaverse, Brian, everything is everything is everything is possible. That's right. <laughs> so. One of the things, and, and I didn't, I forgot to say that the, 
that the drone was coming from outer space because I, I think I read that there's a live stream of the International Space Station uh, going on as well. Is that something you you guys help organize? Uh, yeah, so it's it's actually uh, linked to our conference session, and um, yeah, I've, I've mentioned I've been doing this a long time. I am I'm still kind of blown away at times at the at, at the things that the creative ideas that people have for tying in technology. Um, you know, some some space related technologies have shown up for a few of our shows now. Um, you know, not sort of related to not really the space tourism, but there's a, a lot going on in the space world. Um, Starlink, low, low Earth orbit satellites, and other stuff. But in any case, so um, yes, part of our our conference session literally is uh, participants from the space station. So that that will be cool, and I'm sure a lot of people will working hard in the background to make all that come together. But I feel certain it's our first um, uh, panel participant from space. Well, it's a good first thing, you know, I love yes. it. I'm yep. a big space uh, geek myself, so that's really cool. You know what? You you said something, you and Sean, it's, you know, and we haven't even touched the, the metaverse and all the virtual world. And you said you really need to be there to to demo this stuff, to really see it in person. You know, we we're always doing cybersecurity conference, but really there is not much to to touch. You can see a bunch of demo, but it's like, you know, a dashboard or something like that. There you actually you don't get to probably break stuff, I'm sure, which Sean would love to do, but you you get to experience it in person. And I'm 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 wondering if you can take a little walk back in, in memory lane here. You say you've been doing it for a long time, and what was at the beginning, or at least maybe you know, 20 years ago, what what people would have expect going there? Definitely not connecting with the International Space Station or or drones, but what was the technology back then and the technology now? Because it, if I think about it, it, it blows my mind. Yeah, so you know, there's there's lots and lot, and we used to keep track of product introductions, and we do keep track. You know, a lot of you know, lots um, of startups on the order of a thousand startups. We, we probably have the biggest startup event, I suspect, uh, in the nation. Kind of uh, accidentally at CES. I'll, I'll I'll talk about Eureka Park in a little bit, perhaps for those who are very more interested in emerging tech and startups, but. Um, yeah, so t 20 years ago, um, y y you know, we were we were coming off uh, dot com. For, for those who go back a little ways, you know, it'd been a, a big a, a big bubble and uh, and and downfall after that. Um, but you know, what we've seen, it's an interesting question you ask because it makes me think about kind of where we are in this moment in time. But a, a lot of times, technology leads. We we find that coming out of e economic downturns that uh, technology will often lead there. You get sort of, uh, you know, people talk about like tech introductions being not linear. They sort of bunch up and you get a, a big progression of technology. So um, I think we're seeing a lot of things come together now. We're seeing people experiment with the metaverse. Um, back then, that time frame, you know, there's still very much people have always pursued immersive experiences. And so I, I think if I look over my career, that has always been an element. Um, if if you've navigated at CES before, the Las Vegas Convention Center's uh, what they call Central Hall, the main one that's right there in the middle, um, 
that's where the biggest brands and a lot of the entertainment and video is typically located. So that's where you would go see, you know, first introduction introduction of 4K TVs and 8K TVs and immersive audio. And so I, I think that's been a constant element is uh, how do we have the most entertaining um, experiences and immersive experiences. So that that's always been true. It's just been different technologies over time. That's interesting. I just did a quick uh, a quick search. I don't I don't know how accurate the site is, but uh, it it pulled up. Blu-ray was released in two thousand three, and MySpace was founded in two thousand three. <laughs> Sounds so, right. So, so that gives us a, a kind of a view, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Blu-ray, I'm sure you know when it happened, uh, you would have seen it at the yes, definitely. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So what um are there? And I don't want to just focus on the the show floor because I think there there are a lot of you mentioned the panel right uh, mm-hmm. connected to space, but that's just one of many 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 conversations that are taking place. Are there any that stand out to you as especially as a researcher? Kind of are there are there interesting things coming that uh, we can't show yet, but we're ready to start talking about? Yeah, so I think there's a lot of ways to look at that. One you know one easy way to look at um, probably the, the the biggest movers in the industry would be to look at our keynotes. So we we have uh, very high level people, and they are typically kind of painting a vision for where they're going. So those are 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 you know to your point, Sean, a little bit more forward looking and a vision. So we have um, John Deere CEO John May is is speaking, and you might think you know what the heck is a tractor company doing it. Uh, CES to our point that every every company is a tech company, but you know their vision is how how are we going to feed the, the size of our global population? So they're they're very um, keen on the introduction of technology for for the agriculture and and food technology business. Um, AMD, Dr. Lisa Su is is going to be talking about their computing platforms and how they're used to address some of these big problems. BMW, uh, Oliver Zitsu will be speaking. Um, let's see who else. Stellantis, Carlos Tavares uh, is also given a keynote. So you'll see all that um, kind of over on the C-Space side that we talked about, that that kind of marketing approach. Ed Bastian, the uh, Delta Airlines CEO, is going to be talking over there about uh, experiences and how they engage customers. So there's a lot for everybody to learn. That's kind of top tier get a feel for that and if uh, you can just go on our our website and there's a easily searchable you know just depending on what what your topic is um, you can search by speakers or by topic it's it's really easy to find stuff I'll put in one plug because you mentioned um, research my my team does what we call research summit which is a, a track uh, that is dedicated to kind of market research topics and it's, it really is about innovative. You know, we put together little panels all day long. So it's a, you know, that's a bunch going on there. A lot of different categories. And I know Marco, you want to jump in, but mm, just, go, go. just, just quickly, I'm wondering how, how much, cause you said it's a, it's, it's an industry event, right? And I'm wondering how much these forward looking and these releases and launches and, and, demonstrations and conversations aren't just about 
the people that are presenting, but about the broader impact. Because uh, as you're talking about BMW and as you're talking about uh, John Deere as a tractor company, they're all using all kinds of things, right? I can only imagine John Deere is leveraging satellites to help guide their tractors and oh, and definitely. know what and looking at weather information to tr to determine when it's best to, to start harvesting autonomous vehicles we can we can look at some of the same technologies my point is there are companies that build stuff use other elements and that just spawns a ton of things i don't know if you have any any thoughts on that and how ces kind of helps drive yeah so you hit on something that we think is very important and why why people come back and what you know why we expect to get a hundred thousand attendees is there's a a term we talk about internally, the serendipity of CES. So um, part of what's important, and I, I know a lot of companies are doing is, of course, they have their own message, you know, whether that's more like a, a vision of where we're going as a company. And combined with that, even the biggest companies are painting vision are all often, they're also doing their own press conferences where they're having their product rollouts, you know, so very much like, here's what we're going to be offering this year. Um, but those same companies are walking around the floor figuring out and, you know, this putting ideas together of like, oh, what, you know, why is this company here and how, how can I use this technology? So we know a lot of partnerships uh, come out of it. And I'll, I'll take a moment because I mentioned uh, Eureka Park. So that's our startup area. And I, I have to think of how old it is now. Um, but we, you know, years ago we thought, um, you know, we, we should help startups get on the floor because there wasn't a dedicated area for them. And we knew we had board members who started literally, um, at, you know, as tiny companies, barely. We, we have one former chairman of our board many years ago. I mean, literally they got in their car, drove their stuff to Las Vegas and showed it and, you know, got their business going like like many startups did. Um so we dedicated this area called Eureka Park to startups, and it it's just gone, you know, gangbusters. It's on the order of a thousand uh, companies there. So um, for those, and we know because we get a lot of feedback from our board members and people you might not necessarily expect to go spend a bunch of time rummaging around uh, startups, but uh, we know it's a really popular area, and people are using that to just go through and think, you know, like. Well, what, what's happening here? What are the, all these new um, small companies doing to, to create new technologies? So uh, that, that's a, a good way to go experience the whole gamut of uh, new tech. Yeah, let me let me ask you something because, of course, this is a global event. So I'm sure at another country there is smaller conference and congress and stuff like that. But you know, when you think about the big stage, that's that's it, right? So I'm wondering what, how do you select and work with other country? I mean, I know we have got invitation to discuss with the Swiss Chamber of Commerce or with the Belgium one or others. What is the space given to them and how it's decided who gets to the Eureka Park or who gets... A primary space like the selection in a way and, and the way that you interact with the global community sure um yeah so it's it's interesting one of the things we 
did not expect when we started Eureka Park because that's where we do see a lot of um, country presence. If you, and maybe that's part of what you're referring to. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. When when we started Eureka Park, we figured you know, so we'll you know we'll get some startups from around the U.S. It'll be it'll be fun and cool. Our target was like you know 50 companies, which we thought would be a great start. What we didn't anticipate was that countries, uh, you know, in hindsight, this makes total sense, but countries want to show the innovation in their own economy. Um, and, and so the countries, so rather than these startups having to sort of do their own thing, they, they kind of uh, group together and bring their startups in. So, um, you know, we just taught them they're, they're an exhibitor to us. So everybody has a, a fair shot at getting in as long as, you know, it's a technology that's appropriate for CES. And we have some countries who are very organized and, and very committed to bringing delegations. Uh, France has brought a bunch. Netherlands has been uh, very keen to do this. We even have, you know, some companies have either incubators or partnerships. So we occasionally see a company will kind of bring some of the their partners that they're working with that they're trying to incubate and get into Eureka Park. Um, yeah, so that's that's it. You know, uh, and and in general, countries take different approaches. There there are some um, there are some groups that will kind of help others. You know, they're like aggregators that will will help companies. Uh, get together and get to the show floor, uh, help them navigate getting on the show floor. Nice. And I, I, I want to talk and I've held off for 24 minutes. Marco got in front of me. <laughs> I'm going to go back to the, to the standards. And I, I know some of the, some of the events and conferences we go to, um, they've recently done a pretty good job of pulling folks from government and, and policymakers and researchers like yourself from uh, like IEEE to really take a look at, all right, so it's not just one company building something proprietary. There's a technology that's being used and it, it, there may be two or three players in this space. And it can have a pretty significant impact on humanity if we don't kind of understand how it works, why it works, what are some of the risks? Uh, where might ethical and moral lines uh, be blurred if if this technology is misused? So I don't know if you can share uh, how how the audience or the attendees and and perhaps the, the the speakers and the rest of the crew come together to look at standards and policies and laws and again back to the global arena. How how do we look at this where some countries have different ideas around security and privacy, right? Um, China versus the U.S. as one example. So a big bucket there, but uh, just some of your thoughts on yeah. on some of that stuff. Sure. Yeah, I'll I'll separate things a little bit. Um, you know, there's a st- there's the policy part, and I'll, I'll let me address it first because um, policy topics are big at CS. We we have uh, a whole track of our conference. Um, sessions is dedicated to policy discussions. We we have um, FCC, actually, I think we just announced that um, um, Energy Secretary will, will be at CEF, and we would expect, we typically get FCC commissioners and uh, and others, so plus, not, not to mention delegations from other countries, but just looking at U.S. delegations, uh, 
that'll be there. So uh, we we uh, our innovation policy summit. So if you can search on those. Um, so you know we invite them in. We have conversations with uh, high-level government people where you know those conversations are about some of the same things you're talking about, which is where are you going? What you know? What's happening here? Um, what's the industry doing versus what the regulators are doing? So we're we're happy to engage those conversations at at CES. So you know they're they're typically along some sort of topic. Uh, I'll give you a couple of examples. Like you know I know we don't necessarily want to drill down on cybersecurity, but um, uh, Kat Magus who works for NIST, she's part of their IoT. She's a cybersecurity program manager. She'll be at the show uh, talking about the state of IoT cybersecurity. So that's that's not uncommon for government guests to be part of our our conference sessions in in different formats, either fireside chats or uh, other ways to talk about some of these hard questions we're all wrestling with. Well, it all comes together, right? As we started our magazine talking about cybersecurity and society, and then we put technology in. And it's always either two or all three of them together in conversation. Yeah. So yeah. I'm glad that Sean brought it back there. I knew he was going to do it. And I'm going to dig a little bit deeper in that as we start wrapping here, because I see that there is a section on the website where you actually do present the, the, the topic of technology having a critical role in human security. And we talk about privacy freedom, uh, environmental protection. So I'm thinking, um, let me put it into tech for good. Like, I mean, you can still make money, you can still sell product, but why not do it with an eye on the environment, the population? Because at the end of the day, why are we developing technology? Which is kind of like the core of redefining technology, which is our channel here. Like, let's do something that is useful for for ourselves. So if you can tell me about that approach, uh, in the conversation, I, I don't know if, and I'm I'm going back to cybersecurity, like you know, events like that, 15 years ago, we weren't talking about the human element. Now it's all about the human element, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. I'm imagining even more when you're talking consumers, even if it's an industry event, what what has been the evolution there, and what where are we going with this? Yeah, so. Um... I'm I'm really glad you asked because this is brand new at CES this year. We, we there's been a theme of tech tech for good. Um, we've advocated for it. And I think a lot of companies in in their keynote in their I'm sorry in their keynotes and 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 in their exhibits have tried to show um, how what they're doing to to serve positively with you know their their products and services that they're offering. Um, but this year, for the first time, uh, we are partnering with the United Nations Trust Fund for Human Security and the um, World Academy of Art and Science. So th they've framed out these human securities. We might, you know, sort of think of them like um, rights, so to speak. It's kind of maybe not a perfect word, but the, you would get you would get the point, which is access to health care, personal income, you know, the the right to be able to work and, and get paid environmental security, personal security, community. Um, and so th those themes, when they came to us, we thought, you know, that fits very much what we see at CES. So it was natural for us to partner with them. Uh, you'll see a lot of that at, at CES. And then 
the companies themselves, you know, there's no mandate. There's just um, like, you know, here's this framework. You can, you know, the companies can talk about how what they're doing fits within this framework. And I think a lot will be talking about the relationship of their products. I mean, you think about it like you know, the thing we've already mentioned, John Deere, um, they're very much interested in, in making sure that one of the basic human needs is met, which is that people, you know, can uh, get access to food. Yeah, I love it, Brian. And uh, I mean, we covered quite a bit in, in this short conversation uh, that hopefully kind of sets the stage for everybody, certainly set, helps set the stage for us for all of the coverage we're, we're planning to do. We're going to we're going to chat with uh, speakers and presenters and panelists and exhibitors and researchers and policymakers, regulators, whoever we can get our, our mics in front of. And uh, we're excited to do that uh, with all, all things going on uh, for the week at CES. I wanted to give you an opportunity. I don't know if there's something we didn't touch on that uh, you, you wanted to mention before we wrap yeah, so, well, first of all, I hope you guys can make it in person. We have uh, more than 4,000 media already registered, so we expect to have very strong um, press presence. Um, I mentioned we're, we're hoping to get 100,000 people on track to do that. Uh, we expect about one-third of those from outside the U.S., which I think is, is very cool, you know, that, that people are, are committed to coming together for this. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll be releasing, you know, so there's a, a digital component for those who can't make it in person. You know, sorry, it, it's such a, a wonderful in-person experience. If you can't, we, we do, uh, we will have kind of a digital venue that, that people can access. So we'll, there'll be more news on that, uh, including our, our app that uh, attendees and people who cannot attend will be able to use. But there'll be, there'll be content that people can get to through the digital venue. Nice. And uh, for everybody listening, we'll, we'll be sure to include links, obviously, to uh, ces.tech and, uh, and links to folks uh, to register with so they can, they can actually intend and, and join us. Uh, I'm excited to, uh, let's just say it, be in it, Brian. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, right. to, to have all these conversations, um, it's great to see the innovation. It's great to see the, the work the industry is doing to help help move technology forward, hopefully in a positive way. And, and I'm thrilled to have as many conversations as we can as part of our redefining technology show here yeah. on ITSP magazine. Yeah. And I sure appreciate just to, for my final thought that, that even if we're going back to in-person event, of course, our a bigger experience to be there, that giving the opportunity to those that cannot travel to Las Vegas and to, stay up to date with what's happening and, and be part of it in a virtual way, much much cheaper, I'm sure, but also giving knowledge to, to everyone. So I, I love personally this hybrid, carry on the hybrid event. And I hope it lasts with that. That said, you know, we're looking forward to come there and touch stuff. So <laughs> that's right. All right. I love it. All right. Well, everybody stay tuned for, for more coverage here. And, and Brian, thank you very much for uh, taking the time to uh, share with us today some of the highlights from uh, CES 2023. It's just around the corner. So hopefully we'll uh, see you and everybody else there. All right. Thank you, Sean and Marco. Thank you.
CrowdSec, the collaborative and open source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at crowdsec.net. Devo unlocks the full value of machine data for the world's most instrumented enterprises. The Devo Data Analytics Platform addresses the explosion in volume of machine data and the crushing demands of algorithms and automation. Learn more at devo.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Redefining Technology Podcast. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share itspmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.